everybody. This is your host, Huge Pop, on my birthday today, the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. We have a special guest today. He's been a pro wrestler for 18 years. He's a half of the first ever SICW tag champs in 46 years called The Professionals. He's a lover of whiskey, a reader of books, a dad, and a proud Irish heritage. Welcome to the show, Mauler McDarby. Thank you for having me, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the show. Um, thank you for celebrating my birthday. And before we go any further, it's huge. It's my birthday, Marler. What's going on? Hey, another day in paradise. Um, celebrating early for you right here. So there you go. Yes, thank you so much, man. So I ask everybody when I when they come on my show, because that's interesting, because I had a great, uh, well, I had a very, it was hard for me to watch professional wrestling when I was a kid, because I grew up when there was Saturday Night's Main Event, then the big pay-per-views. They were on the, all my friends had the big dishes, and they got all the satellite signals, blah, blah, blah. And I had to hear about it afterwards. So as a kid growing up and as a fan, can you tell us what your life as a fan was? Sure. Um, uh, I don't know, you know, the after the fact, uh, finding out about it, I can relate to. Um, I actually uh, grew up with very humble beginnings. Uh, my parents were people of very honest means. So there was no you know, watching pay-per-views. There was no, you know, going to many live events or anything like that, house shows. Um, so I always watched it on TV and I always watched it with, uh, start off with my dad. My dad's a huge Ric Flair fan. Um, my dad was, you know, because my, my dad works out, lifts weights and all that stuff. And, you know, the whole persona of Ric Flair, you know, the, you know, limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, son of a gun. Woo! You know, my dad bought into that whole thing, you know, we just loved it. Uh, obviously, being from St. Louis, St. Louis is the city is rich in wrestling history. Uh, so, you know, we came from watching wrestling with my dad. And then also uh, when I started school, uh, my the first friend I made at school in kindergarten, Paul Greco, he was a Hulkamaniac. Um, so he he turned me into to more, you know, we, you know, obviously we were more NWA, WCW house, little, you know, WWF, you know, if it was on, we'd watch it, but I started watching it more because my friends were watching it. Okay. And my first pay-per-view that I saw, I got invited over to my neighbor's house and it was the Royal Rumble where uh, the main event was the Undertaker versus Yokozuna in that, that right. casket match. Yes. yes. So that was my first forte into seeing a pay-per-view live when it happened. That's awesome, man. So who are your heroes growing up? I know you said your dad was Ric Flair, but who are your heroes growing up? I, I, uh, I gravitated towards uh, Roddy Piper. Uh, he was a big influence for me. I love Piper. Um, if I go on the other side of the aisle back to the NWA, WCW stuff, I liked, uh, you know, there was the Midnight Express, obviously, Rock and Roll Express. The, uh, you know, you had the Horsemen, you had the Andersons. Um, uh, you know, Magnum TA, all those guys, you know, uh, I remember even when I was a kid, like I remember when Razor Ramon made his debut, I was a big Scott Hall fan. 
Um, so, you know, uh, I, I know I just, I just named a litany of, uh, heels, but, um, I, you know, the, there was a lot of great wrestling and a lot of great wrestlers, but, uh, somebody who really captured me was Piper okay. and also, uh, Mick Foley too. Mick really, I gravitated towards Mick. Now, do you model your craft in your and ring style today uh, after Roddy Piper, after Mick Foley, etc.? If you steal from one, it's plagiarism. If you steal from many, it's research. So there you go. So that's right. So um, I, I borrow from a lot, um, but I, I I have borrowed. I I don't do. Um, I, people always get thrown off by this. How do I like Mick Foley, but I'm not into hardcore wrestling. Uh, I just, it's, it's not my taste. It's not my flavor, but the way he crafted like into, um, um, how he told stories, how he got there, like uh, a, a great one to watch, uh, is the, uh, the street fight between him and triple H at the Royal Rumble, uh, in 2000 and, uh, uh in Madison square garden. Um, for something that wasn't supposed to happen, they had to kind of pull a rabbit out of their hat. That was a pretty hot match if you go back and watch it. And, you know, there's there's a story there. It's just not all carnage and blood and guts. Yeah. So you mentioned the Royal Rumble, and I know we're about talking about you. So do you watch the current promotions now? I have a almost four-year-old running around the house, so my – TV watching is limited. However, um, if somebody says, hey, there's a really good match between so-and-so, I'll go out of my way to watch it. I, I just, and look, and this is part, look, um, shame on me for, you know, not keeping up with my um, my peers and, you know, and, and people that are, you know, on television, the modern stuff, the current stuff. Um that's that's kind of shame on me, but at the same time, um, I watch the a lot of the old stuff because I it's easily easy to watch something and then it goes in here and it becomes um, I don't want to say like it's almost like cerebral. It's like uh, you you it's it's gone into your the memory and then you you, know, you can accidentally steal from something you didn't mean to steal from. So I try to you know keep away from the current stuff and keep more of an eye on the old stuff because. I'm a huge fan, like of um, uh, technical wrestling and and some brawling aspect of it and stuff. So, gotcha. So back in the WCW days, so I got to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Probably, you probably get it wrong, but that's okay. Who's the greatest WCW champion of, of all time? No, is this is this the WCW Turner champion or the NWA? Turner. Turner, the greatest. Turner. Uh, this, it's you're gonna you're gonna get pissed. So I might just give you the answer. Okay, go ahead. David Arquette. Yeah, I disagree, but it's you know it's up for debate. It's an opinion. It's an opinion. I mean, I have to throw that in there by this podcast generated through getting a thousand viewers on TikTok, and then the TikTok story was who was the greatest WCW champion ever. So we have to throw that in there. I recently stepped away from TikTok because it's becoming flooded with. I don't know. It's just been crazy. It's, it's it's been ridiculous with people's attitudes towards each other. If you have an opinion on, see, if I have an opinion on Mother McDarby, and it's my opinion, I get ridiculed because it's not their opinion. So it's, I got to step away from. That. So yeah, social media is very difficult. Um, uh, 
I find myself engaging or spending time on social media less and less. Uh, the only reason why I even have probably anything to do with it right now is for two reasons. One is um, promoting my, you know, my wrestling stuff yeah. and the dates and everything. And the other thing is, is I can connect with like, uh, connect with my family to share pictures of like my kid and my right. cousin's kids and stuff. Outside of that, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, we, we're kind of moved beyond. Um, everybody can have a different opinion. It doesn't mean anybody's wrong or anybody's right. We just all, you know, we coexist with these different opinions. Right. And I think that's where what's ruined wrestling for today's society. Because back in the day when the, we're talking about the let Mick Foley's, the Harley races, the Briscoe's, the Von Erics, there was no dirt sheets. There was no internet. There was just pure wrestling, right? And you had to wait. I remember I remember having to wait two or three weeks to watch a Saturday night's main event because they weren't on every Saturday. And you didn't have the the Dave Meltzers or the dirt sheets saying, Oh, here's what's gonna happen. Here's you know, you it was exciting. It's now, you know, that's why I like that's why I think today's sports missing is there's storytelling they're missing and it's just flooded with dirt sheets and it makes it no fun for people to um to your point um and you mentioned a lot of uh, great one of the greatest names harley race uh but to, to the point you were making um the i don't understand people seeking out uh spoilers i don't understand people like Wanting to know who the miss like as an example right now since we're, we've touched on the Royal Rumble a couple of times now right. and it's coming up. Yeah, I don't understand why people are trying to find out who a mystery entrant would be or who the slated you know who's going to win the Royal Rumble. Um, I I don't understand or going and seeing the results before you watch the show. Right. I don't understand that. Like I. I want to watch it. I, I, you know, I want to be taken on a journey. I want to be taken on that ride. I want to, you know, escape reality. I want to sit there. I, it's like, it's just like turning on a football game or, or let me, let me hold on. It's like turning on a sports, any sort of sports game, professional sports. Right. If you know your team's going to lose, how apt are you going to be to, to watch that game? No, not. Right. Um, uh, you you, you want to be there for the highs and lows for the game. Like, you know, the other thing, if you don't mind me second weighing off on this, something that's also missing to me in pro wrestling, especially on, on television, are rules. Where are the rules? You know, it's uh, UFC, uh, boxing, sports, anything has rules. I don't care if it's a simulated combat or not. I don't care if people think it's real or fake or whatever. That part doesn't doesn't really matter. What you know, if if it's for entertainment purposes, we don't need to. Like I don't understand like why everybody's got to keep pulling back the curtain. I don't. Why do I need to insult you with that? Just let me tell you a story. Let me take you on a ride. Let. You know, give me rules. Give me something to. If I choose to break it, I can and and, and tell a story that way. I just don't. I, I I'm I'm with you. I don't understand that kind of. And it's fine. That's that's. I, I'm not knocking anybody. If that's how you enjoy your wrestling, that's fine. But for me, I just I don't understand it. Right, and I think that's why I gravitate towards most most indie wrestling instead of uh, WWE AEW because 
the experience I had with indie wrestling was exactly what you said. There's rules and you break them, but you break them and you break them for a purpose and it tells a story and then it leaves you wanting to come back next month to the, to the, their next show. Right. And then you don't hear anything about it. You get advertisements, you know, you get advertisements and promos and that's all you get. And that's what makes you, Oh my God, I'm going to go to this next show because I want to see what Damian Wayne's going to do to Vordell Walker next or Jackson Slade's going to do to Adrian Whisper next. You know what I'm saying? Right. You got you, there's these guys that you fell in love with because you you're part of their family now, and now you have to wait. And yeah. now you don't see any media. And I'm like, yeah, I want to go. That's how I just yeah. You you and you you personally invested in that wrestler, that person. Yeah. You know, you because yeah. you put in the time, you've shown up. That that you know, again to your point, I'll try to be quick and succinct with this. Um, think about if people stop and think what it takes for the average Joe to get to a, to a local pro wrestling show. Um, you're asking people on, on their two, one of their two days off to leave their house, come to out to a building, wait in the line, buy a ticket, sit in a chair that makes your ass hurt and pay for overpriced food and beer. That's a tall order to ask people to come out to an event. So when they come out, you have to put your best foot forward and you have to put on the best wrestling match for it. Sorry about that. Um, you have to emotionally get these people emotionally invested. They've, they've taken the time to invest in you and you have to kind of repay that and, and do your best that you can do. Right. Absolutely. So, so at what age did you say, man, dad, mom, I'm doing it. I'm going to be a wrestler. I, I trained secretly for five months. Uh, started February 1st, uh, um, of what was 2006, I think. And I, I, uh, two people knew my best friend, uh, he knew, and then uh, my girlfriend at the time, she knew. Okay. Uh, so uh, I was uh, when when I got the when I thought this might be something I want to do when I got the the bug where I was like, oh, you know, when the Cactus Jack Triple H stuff, because at that point we had had cable and Raw was only two hours. We didn't get SmackDown. Um, so watching that, I saw that. And then I, um, my friend who taped all the pay-per-views, he brought me the tape the next day. That's right, kids. I said, taped, brought a VHS tape to me and said, you have to see this. So I, I, I took it home and I, I fast forwarded to the main event and I, uh, and I put that in. And after I watched that match, I, I, in my head, I go, that would be really cool to be able to do something on that level. And so that's when I kind of, the real love fell in. And, but when I, when I got bit by the bug, where I actually went after it. I was about 21 when I, 2021, when I went after it. So you were trained by Truth Martini? Is that right? Mm -mm. No. No, that's my tag partner, Sean Santel. He was, he went up okay. to Detroit, was trained by Truth Martini. Okay. I was trained uh, I was trained by uh, two people. One was Johnny Courageous. Uh, um, he was a local pro wrestler. 
here. Um, he taught me the bumps, the mechanics, the, you know, all the, the slams and the holds and stuff. And then gorgeous Gary, night train Gary Jackson, he came in behind him and he helped polish me up. He taught me how to protect myself. He taught me how, in the sense of, okay, if they do this, you need to do this. Or, you know, here's a technique and here's this, try this, try that, do this, do that. Um, uh, I, those are the two guys really had their hands in, on it in my training. Uh, both fantastic guys, both fantastic wrestlers. Um, I can't say enough good things about those two. And uh, eventually, uh, it, took, it took a long time, but years later, finally, uh, I got to cross paths with Gary Jackson. He became he became my rival, or one of my rivals. Nice, yeah. Nice. Great guy. I had a, he was on a podcast about three months ago, I think. So, so go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, did he tell you the story, how he got the name Night Train? Did he? I slept since then, man. He, he got. Good. He, he he got. He was at home. He got a phone call from Larry Matisak. He said, "Hey, he's like, oh, Brody wants to talk to you. You got to say, yeah, sure." Brody, uh, Bruiser Brody got on the phone, and I'm abbreviating this, but a Bruiser Brody was going. I was driving with Larry and thinking, he goes, "You should use the the nickname Night Train." They stopped off. He stopped off just to call up Gary just to give him that idea. Yeah, okay. I do remember something like that. Yeah. And that's cool, ain't it? That is awesome, man. You know, yeah. and um, cool story about you mentioned Bruiser Brody, and I I just think I'm honored. Um, Herb Simmons texted me and uh, had me call him up, and I called him up, and he's like, How would you like to um, interview Barbara Goodish? Because you know who Barbara Goodish is, right? I'm oh, like, heck yeah. I go, Yeah. He goes, how would you like to do that? I'm like, yeah. That's so awesome. January 24th or 25th, we're going to be on here with Herb and Barbara Goodish are going to be on a huge pop wrestling podcast. So that'll be one for the days, one for ages, man. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be good. Congratulations on that, Get. Thank you. I cannot. I can't. I'm, you know, you get so giddy. I mean, I'm excited because it's like, whoa, you know. So, um, yeah. Uh, so... Who taught, you had a solid promo, man, when, that you sent to me. Pretty epic, pretty good. Who trained? Who taught you how to do those kind of promos? Was that in a training school too? No, 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 no. They, they literally, they it. Um, this was back when I first got in. Um, they didn't just have a camera set up to do to do promos and take promos or whatever. Uh you know, now everything, you know, your whole studio here is on your phone yeah. uh, and you can do a setup in your house and everything. You know, back when I got it, if you didn't have a video camera, you know, you didn't, there's no way to really do promos unless somebody asked you to. One day they had a guy show up with a camera and they said, oh, you got, uh, and there's only a couple of new people. So you're going to do promos. They stuck me in front of a camera. They said, start talking. They gave me some, they, they gave me, they said, you know, you're, you gotta, you're going to have a match against so-and-so. Um, talk about it, and the first time I did it, I was just meandering, and they were like, and I, and they let me get all the way through, and I knew it was terrible. I knew it was, and after they stopped, they said, "Okay, hold on," and they they said, "Okay, do this, this, and this." Gave me some pointers, put me back up there. Take two. That's all I needed. I just I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm the best or I'm perfect or you know I hit it every time or I nail it every time. I just, 
I, I, I have a fascination and love for, for language and words and, and reading and stuff like that. So, you know, the written words very important to me. I had something to say. I just didn't know I, I, you know, didn't, I had something to say, but I didn't know that I had, you know, I wanted to or whatever until they yeah. put me in front of a camera. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I got some happy birthday wishes. My dad's on the um, podcast watching. Happy birthday. Dad. Thank you, dad. But then I have Jason Simmons. Happy birthday. Thank you, Jason, man. Appreciate you guys on coming on the show. So do you have, do you remember your first match? How'd that feel? What was it like? Oh yeah. I remember my first match. Um, I trained for, like I said, I trained for five months. Uh, two weeks before the show, they needed a body. They said, get your Missouri State license. You're, uh, you're booked against this person. And, uh, uh, and I, I thought it was a rib. I go, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, right, right. And they said, no, you need to be ready in two weeks. And I finally was like, "Come on, quit, quit ribbing me!" And they, we're, they go, they look at me, they go, "No, we're serious. You better be ready in two weeks to wrestle. Or you're, you're out of here, sort of thing." So I hurry up and rushed everything to get all my stuff together. I, you know, I'm at the time I, I wasn't all. I came up with a different gimmick, and because uh, I didn't know how bad I was going to be, and I went out there and, and had a ten minute match, and uh, you know. The, the vet told me the spots that, you know, we were going to do. And then when we got out there, we're working around and he goes, all right, kid. He goes, what are we supposed to do next? And I, and it, and it, it was a good test. He was testing. It was a good test. I spit back the spot. said, all right, let's do it, kid. Just follow my lead. And, and, you know, we filled in the blanks and stuff like that. It wasn't, it wasn't the greatest match, but I did a lot. After that match, I'll put it this way. I might not have been the greatest match, but it was good enough that after that, I've never not been booked on a card since. So was that um, Dogtown Underground? No, no, no. This was, that was a way long time ago. All right. So Jason Simmons brings up Dogtown Underground. So can we talk about Dogtown Underground? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Dogtown Underground, that's uh, me, uh, my tag partner, one half of the professional, Sean Santel. Uh, the big man Kowalski, and then we had our boss Lucky P. Larson. Um, let me take that back. Lucky P. Larson, Esquire, manager to the stars, and uh, the four of us were together as the Dogtown Underground, and um, we essentially we ruled the Dogtown neighborhood like we rule SICW and with an iron fist. It's the golden rule. We had all the gold, so we made the rules. There you go. There you go. So, so you guys ruled the uh, SICW then, or? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, um, I was. I got. We were together for a while. Uh, my partner got injured. Then I got injured and had to take some time off. So, but doesn't mean it's not gone. It's just on hold right now. Awesome. So, now can we talk about some current highlights? Like, what do you consider your your highlight of your like? the biggest thing you've ever done that stands out? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a few. Uh, first one that comes to mind is selling out the Belclair Fairgrounds uh, for uh, SICW's big uh, event where we wrestled the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, that was a big, huge thing for my tag partner and I. Uh, another one was uh, when uh, Kowalski and I tagged together 
and against Cowboy Bob Orton Jr., the ace, versus his uh, prodigy and student at the time, Brandon Beretta. Uh, yeah. well, I actually um, uh, broke Brandon's wrist, and uh, he had to get a cast put on. And since he felt like he was outnumbered, he decided to ask his uh, mentor for some help. So him and him and Bob, you know, trying to play mind games, came to the ring, both wearing casts on their the wrist and I told Brandon, you know, when we were arguing back and forth, if you think you're going to get in my head and play mind games with me, it isn't going to work. Uh, actually, I came out that night in a, in a kilt and a Panther t-shirt. Nice, nice. So, um, you know, I, I broke his wrist and he leveled me right between the eyes with a cast. So I guess we're even for now until I decide to get some payback for that. Yep, Brandon Beretta, what a character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So, um, so, like, I mean, you guys bump elbows with legends in the SICW. I mean, mm-hmm. I hear about everything. So, when I say that, you got legends that'll be in the back, in the locker room, all around. In your opinion, I know there's a lot of the wrestlers that have different of opinions, but in your opinion, is it important for you to take that time and just listen to what they have to say to yes. help you get into biz- better in the business? Yes, hundred um, percent. I, uh, I it is invaluable for me to sit there and get feedback um, from guys like Kevin Sullivan, uh, to get feedback from you know guys like uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. Um, the there's there's been so many guys just talking to picking brains, like uh, talking to T- killer Tim Brooks, Ronnie Garvin, uh, talking to wildfire, Tommy rich, uh, the list of just legends that come through and, you know, to ask, you know, Hey, can you watch my match? Or do you have any feedback? Um, Abdul, the butcher had a lot of, you know, was really good with giving knowledge. Um, to me, it's very important. Um, uh, Bob Orton Jr. Bob Orton Jr. You know, getting picking his brain, getting his feedback. That stuff's important because those are all guys that knew how to drew money, draw money. That that knew what it took to be on top to make make it to the big time. And um, if you, the best one of the best pieces of advice that I can give, um, not just new wrestlers but any wrestler, is um, know your history. Uh, know where the business has been and where it went and where it's at and talk to the people that are still alive that help put it there and build it and, and keep it together like that. Um, you can learn a lot and it'll give you an extra tool in your toolbox and teach you something. Okay. So who do you enjoy working with in a ring the most? And is there anybody in there that you don't care to wrestle ever, ever, ever again? Uh, uh, I'm going to, if anybody that, that I would refuse to wrestle, I'll start with that one, uh, because it's going to be, it's going to be a lame answer as I, I don't, I really don't have heat with too many people. I don't, I don't hold any grudges. Um, it's, it's business. If we can't go out there, uh, like two professionals, no pun intended, uh, and 
Uh, no, not big Texan, Jason. He uh, he took my head off with a lariat, but the next day I uh, knocked his jaw out of place with the right hand. So we're even on that deal. <laughs> Um, I don't, I, I really don't have anybody that I would never work again. And if I did, I, I'm not the kind of guy to name names, but, uh, who I, I enjoy working or who I like being in the ring with or who I think my best opponents are, yeah. um, Gary Jackson and Gil Rogers. Um, that's another top moment for me is, um, when you ask me accomplishments in the almost 50 year history of SICW becoming the first ever tag team champs. That's really top on the list for me, too. So segueing to this, we wound up in a program against uh, uh, Gil Rogers and Gary Jackson. Um, and I, I, we may not see eye to eye, but I can, we can at least respect them as opponents. Uh, that's one of those things, as Dusty Rhodes said to Ole Anderson, this will never be over. As far as Sean and I are concerned, when it comes to the SIC tag titles and them, in our opinion, Stealing them from us, it'll never be over. I can't, those two guys, those are the two that I, I, I can't say enough about the level of just uh, professional respect. You know, we may not agree on everything, but I got respect to the opponent, but uh, th that's one. Uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon Beretta. Uh, before he was teamed with Joe, before they were the uh, Top Guns or whatever they, I think I said, I really don't care. But um, uh, Top Guns, uh, when, uh, Brandon, he was, you know, I he was a pretty good opponent. You know, um, I I really, you know, took it to him in that in a singles capacity. Uh, Billy McNeil, I put the leather to Billy McNeil a lot, and, and the one word that comes to mind with him is resilience. Uh, that that dude is an energizer bunny. I don't care how hard I hit him or how many times I knocked him down, couldn't underestimate him. He got back up. Who has the biggest? Who has the hardest chop in the SICW? Uh, now that I'll give to Texan. Big Texan's got a. He's got. He's got a pretty tough chop. Uh, Bobby D. He's got a he's got a pretty tough he's he's got a good chop he you know puts it in there, um, Steve Fender Steve Fender he know he, he can if he needs to he knows how to lay it in, um, those are the those are the ones the top three that come to mind. Okay, who's your closest friend in the business and do you still stay in touch with him? My tag partner Sean Santel he's my one of my best friends and definitely my best friend in my in the business. Um, there's the reason why we're, you know, tag partners is because we're friends. You know, we met in wrestling. We stay in touch all this time. He was one of the first wrestling friends I made, you know, technically one of the first few wrestling friends I made. Um, and him and I, we've been through it together. Always friends. We were always singles and stuff like that. He did a couple of tags, but I never had a tag team really. Um, except I had one other tag team, Mad Dog, Mark McDowell up in XIC, uh, uh, excuse me, three XW. Um, he's a great guy. He's a good friend of mine, but, uh, Sean, um, that's the thing I can't stress enough. Like I know where my tag partner's at. That's my boy standing back there. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to worry about the match. I don't have to worry about anything that's going on. I know my back's covered cause he's standing right there behind me. 
I know I know you can't see me. It's, it's visual, but if I reach behind me, put my hand out, I know the tag is going to be made. I know I can trust him. I know we're right. thinking the same level. I know you know we we lived together at one point. We worked out together. We hung out all the time and we wrestled together. Um, I spent more time with him on the road and being with him. And we've never had a crossword. We have never had a disagreement. We have never quarreled. None of that stuff. Him and I, that is, even though I do have a brother, he is the close, he, he's like, he's a brother to me. He's like an older brother to me. That's probably my closest friend in wrestling. I have other friends, but my closest is, is, is Sean Santop. Not that I'd like to stir the pot at all, but I just have a question. You know, you know the Rock and Roll Express. NWO, um, you have Moxley and Seth and Romans, Roman Reigns. You have all these tag team partners that were best friends. But at one point in time, someone backstabs somebody. You don't fear that at all? You don't see that at all in the in the future? You don't you're not concerned about that? You that will I I one thousand percent I can guarantee you that will never ever happen because divided we fall together we conquer we make we make more money together than we do apart and we we have a common goal okay. i never and he never has that worry ever okay hey i just had to ask that question no, no, yeah, you see that, it in wrestling all the time and yeah. you're pretty confident so i let you can be that way that's cool so we talked about some of the advice that you'd give people, but what is that one big key lesson you learned while um, coming through the business? Um, a few things. Um, advice that I get that I that I received is you converse with somebody, don't confront. Um, I was given the advice uh, of you know. Uh, if if I if you feel like you had a really bad match, um, a telecon, he you know he pulled me aside and he, uh, he you know I told him I said I just feel like I just that was awful, and he goes, did you do go out there and do that on purpose? And I said no. He goes, did you try your best? I said I I, I did everything I could. He goes, he goes, then that's all, you know, anybody can ask. He goes, that's, that's wrestling. He goes, tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's another, it's another, you know, next one down the road. Larry, Larry Matisek, Larry, he, you know, if you had, if you felt like you stunk out the joint and you, and you said something to Larry, Larry'd look at you and go, Hey kid, that's wrestling. You know, there's always tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so that's, um, that in, um, those are the two things I'll stick with right now, so that way I don't I don't bore people. That's all right. So, how do you feel when the public don't really understand the risks and dangers of the job that you guys do, and you hear the it's fake? The 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 it's fake thing, um, and and the you know people trying to get under your skin about stuff, or you know coming at you the 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 best way that I can, I can handle it, you know, is, you know, you want to, you think it's fake. That's fine. I understand. But, um, 
it's not, you know, I have the injuries and I got, I got, you know, I, you know, the pain to prove it. Um, and you know, I, if you want, I can, you know, kind of show you, you know, if it's, you know, fake, you know, or if you feel fake, you know, I can hit you with a strike or something. You can tell me if you, it feels fake to you. I try not to get, uh, uh, I feel like if you get now, it's like people do it on purpose. And then, you know, if I get mad and they, they get, it's like they, they want to get a rise out of you. Yeah. So that's, that's how I kind of handle it is it's a difference of opinion. And also I'm not going to argue with a fool. Right. A few more things that we're going to get into, like the SICW stuff. And, um, and, uh, so can you talk to us about brotherhood and paying it back, paying your dues? So, um, so, um, brotherhood and paying your dues, um, the brotherhood part, um, I will, I put the, the aspect, um, of the locker room is a very sacred place. Um, only the wrestlers or the staff of the show should be in the locker room. Um, you were all doing this together, you know, the, to, to kind of peel back the onion a little bit, let's say, and I'm just going to use, uh, you know, just a, a, a number, let's say there's five matches on a card. Okay. Matches one through five. When you start at the beginning, each match is going to, it's going to tell its own story, but each match, as you go on the first match, second match, it's building the card. We're building to the main event, the guys that are on top, the guys that are making the money and drawing the house. So we all have to work together as a common goal and, and build up to that main event, knowing what your place is on the card and knowing what's expected of you and doing your best. Uh, when the promoter and the booker, when they give you an assignment or a job to do, um, you do your best to the ability of fulfilling that job and that role, so to speak, uh, it, for the betterment of the promotion, for the company, and also for the fans. Um, I think a lot of times the fans get forgotten in, in this. And again, I'm not trying to get on soapbox. It's, a, it's just an opinion. But to a point it feels like the fans are almost forgotten or they're like secondary. We're there because of the fans. And when you're there, like people are, a lot of people are worried about moves or these high spots or coming off, you know, these doing these big moves and stuff like that. None of that matters. Make sure these people feel like that they have gotten their money's worth. Go out there and tell a story. Wrestle. Apply your craft. Work holds. Show these people what you can do and, and build to the next thing. Each time we're going, each match is going up. You know, and the time as you go up the card gets a little longer. So that's what the brotherhood means to me and protecting each other and looking out for each other. You know, when, you, when you're going out there with your opponent, you know, you know, you want them to, you're, you're going out there and you're telling them you're going to come back this when you, the way you went out is the way you're going to come back. So that's all the brotherhood part. 
in the second part of your question, I'm sorry, I, I meandered and I, I lost it. Paying it back. Paying it back. Um, you remember the people who treated you good or great, but you never forget the people who treated you badly. So the things that you learned when you didn't know, when you thought you knew something and you didn't know anything and you learned all these little tips and tricks and, and got in the ring and worked with somebody, learned all this stuff, paying it back to me is when the new, when I see new people, like I try to sit there and I watch all the matches with the, the new people. I always try to say, you know, pull them aside and say, Hey, look, you did really good. I like the match. I like the story you told. Um, there's a couple of, there's this and this. You might want to tighten that up or, it, you know, I, I'm, you know, it's, you know, it was okay. But in the future, you know, when, you know, you did this and this, but it'd be, you know, if you try this and this, it might work out better for you. It's guiding them and leading them, making them better than what, what you are and having them at a younger age, taking that knowledge and, moving forward with it. Okay. And I think that's important is sharing and the knowledge and, and the wealth and all that stuff. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I do care for foster kids. And so we sit around a table for dinner and they know what I do. So they have some questions for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, favorite food. <sighs> Boy, I am a fat kid. You're, you know what? Cheeseburger and fries. Would you put pineapple on pizza? I would rather light my own house on fire. Okay. Favorite book? Ooh. Okay. So, as a kid, doc, anything Dr. Seuss. Okay. As an adult, uh, because I, I, I'm a, a Sherlock Holmes fan, uh -huh. I'll get something, somebody, some uh, new, uh, a newer one to read. The Barker and Llewellyn series. The first book's called Some Danger Involved. Okay. Check that out. That's a great book. Um, it, it's it's clean. It's it's like a Sherlock mystery, but it's it's uh, the author's still alive. So, okay. yeah. Favorite that's, TV that's, show. Favorite TV show. I don't get to watch much TV. Um, we'll say Reacher right now. I like watching Reacher right now. That's what, okay. I'm, that's what I'm re watching right now, Reacher. A couple that I got yesterday was, what do you do when you first get out of bed? Put my feet on the floor and make sure my knees can handle the weight of me getting up. What's your favorite potato chip? <laughs> Jay's. Original kettle cooked chips and coconut oil. Okay. Are you a sports fan? I am. What's your favorite foot? What's your favorite sports team? St. Louis Cardinals, baby. And second is the Green Bay Packers. I'm sorry. I I will root for the Green Bay Packers until they beat the San Francisco 49ers. Then you and I will have problems because my Detroit Lions are getting to the Super Bowl and they're gonna beat the Packers for Again, for the second time this year. So. Uh, hey, there's nothing wrong with riding a dead horse into his funeral, so that's okay. All right, that's all right then. So, um, and the last one is, what's your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers? 
no particular order. Harley Race, Roddy. What we need four, right? Yep. Harley Race, Roddy Piper, Mick Foley, and let's see, Luthez. How about that? There we go. All right, I'm going to read down some com compliments you've gotten from. First of all, Jason uh, Simmons says, "Okay, we got Stephen Espinosa in the house." He says, "Hello, gentlemen." And then we have uh, Jason saying, "Hey, Stephen, how you doing, man?" So. Thank you guys for being in the chat. So I researched, I did some digging. I asked some of your friends. I asked some of your probably enemies in SICW. Um, and some of the stuff is, you've already mentioned, this guy mentioned, loved old school wrestling. Great promotion to be part of if you love old school. He says that you love your historian. You know your stuff. And they can tell by the just the way you're talking. I know that you know your stuff. Um. How do you feel to get tagged as the guy of that of that kind of guy, the historian? Does that make you feel good? It, it makes me feel really good um, to to get that respect from um, uh, my peers. Um, is very humbling. So yes, that's you know uh, very appreciative. Okay, and uh, here's one from Herb Simmons. Ask him how he was crowned, how it was to be crowned the first SICW tag team in history of SICW. I, 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 this is, my answer never changes, so I apologize if anybody's, if I sound like a broken record right now. I will legitimately go to my grave crowing how me and myself, Sean, proper English, Sean and I, we're the first ever in 50 years history of a promotion. We're the first ever tag team champions. Yeah. I will, as long as I live to my dying day, I will never, ever forget that. That is something out of my wrestling career. That is something I will never forget. And that is something that is at the top of my list, like of my accomplishments. I have, I've got to do so and ex do and experience some really cool things, but being the first ever SICW tag team champions and people, you know, if you think about it, 50 years, that's a huge number. That's, that's, that is that promote. That means that promotion has been around longer than me out of 50 years. When they finally decide to pull a trigger and do something, Sean Santella and myself are the guys that do it. You know, I, who else, like that's the biggest like am I wrong? That's a big brag, right? You're right. You're right. No, that's a big brag. Why wouldn't you brag? I mean, if I if I don't if any nothing else happens, nothing else. If nothing else happens, I don't care. I have that also. Not just the first ever SICW tag team champions. We are the first ever two time SICW tag team champions. So, you know, I that's to that. Huge to me, love it. That's one of my big accomplishments. Why is that? Why so? What? As I wanted to ask you, this came from Herb. Why is SICW stands out? Why do they stand out? What makes them stand out in the wrestling business? What do they do above bar none? First, so Herb's not Herb is not going to like this as the first answer, but leadership is key. 
there's the buck has to stop somewhere. And I'm sorry if I'm being too loud. So I apologize. Um, the, the, the buck has to stop somewhere and it stops with Herb Simmons. That's very important. Um, a history, a, not only a history, but I'm searching for the right word here, but the reputation of, of 50 years caring about the fans and also a great roster. Herb always says to make a cake, you have to have all the right ingredients. And that's true. But you, the, the level of leadership, talent, and then the, the, the promotion of it and the fact that they bring in, yeah, Herb Simmons sits on the table. Is Gary? Yeah, that's right. He's right. Yeah, that's right, Jason. Um, it's it's a group effort, but it starts with leadership and pushing it in the right direction. And also, it, it takes talent. And and those are all the things you know. Everywhere we've wrestled, I've always, I, I've enjoyed the experience. I loved it, but. When it comes to promotion stuff, like everybody, you know, just like territory, different territories, different places have different styles. The fact that SICW keeps it at the basics, it's pro wrestling. At the end of that, that's all that matters. It's pro wrestling. And that's anybody, what anybody wants is, I, I, that's a good point, Jason. I, you know, I, I don't want to say that. But what Jason Simmons just said about the best talent in the country, I'm not going to argue it. He's, he makes a good point. But it's 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 pro wrestling at the end of the day. It's SICW is the closest you can get to territory pro wrestling, and that's what makes it work. Well, what fa- I fell in love with SICW was their old school uh, feel to it. You know, when I've seen the announcer outside the ring interviewing their talent, it, remind, it brought me back to the day of Jesse Ventura, Gorilla Monsoon, standing outside the ring and interviewing the wrestlers and after the match. And that old school feel was just epic to me. And that, so I'm like, oh my God, I got to, I got to talk to these guys. The, you know, to, to that point real quick, um, that is a lost art is the, the interview, whether it's at ringside or it's at the podium, having an announcer standing there holding the mic and controlling the conversation and asking questions. You don't see that a lot anymore, and it's very important. So I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, have you have you been able to make it up to SICW yet? No, um, I have not. I, I like I said, I, I'm in foster care, so uh, I'm okay. used to. We used to get one month, one week off a month. Now we get 28 days off a year, so that kind of changed the dynamics of how often we could get away. So. Well, you you know because you know that in May that big fan fest is coming up. You know, I'm sure I uh, I do have I, I I have something in the works. I won't I won't be able to work. I won't be there for May. Uh, okay. But I'm trying to work things out and convince my wife to come to Vegas in August for CAC, the California Alley Club. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. So I'm hoping. So I heard that you um. But on the sidelines, rehabbing from an injury. Could you share about what's going on with the injury and how that's going when we should see you back? Yeah, um, I 
my the the muscles in my back got so inflamed that it was pinching nerves up my neck and it was causing like tingling and stuff. Uh, I, and I was a, it was a fear that it was something much worse, but luckily it wasn't. Um, uh, that uh, I got that cleared up. The other thing that happened to the lesser known one that I kept really quiet was almost a year ago now. Uh, I w- I was in my house. I was going to step down to my basement. I stepped down the landing, felt the pop in my calf. I th- and it, and I thought it was just like a cramp or something. I messed um, the you know your Achilles tendon. So I'm reaching. Sorry, I'm reaching. But the Achilles tendon, you know, it goes pretty far up into your calf. I had pulled my Achilles up into my calf, and I could barely put weight on it. Uh, I had to do a lot of rehab and stuff for it. It's and stretching and all that stuff. So it's good as gold now. So um, my my injuries have really started clearing up. So in ring return is hopefully imminent. So do you have your sights on any one particular or any tag team in particular that um, they, they should be looking out for uh, the return of uh, Mahler and McDarby? Well, not just Mahler and McDarby, but Mahler and McDarby and Sean Santel, the professionals. Uh, anybody who's got the tag belts? Um, I don't care who you are. Uh, you sleep with one eye open. You better keep looking over your shoulder. Uh, I, please, please, by all means, get very, very, very comfortable in your spot and get very comfortable with those tag titles. Because I don't care. We don't care who you are. We'll take them, and we don't. Care. We'll take them by any means necessary. Now, as far as is wrestling in anybody or, or or going up against anybody. The top guns of Brandon Beretta and uh, Joe, I cannot pronounce his last name. I apologize. I don't want to butcher it. But the top top guns, I, I Brandon, I, I, and I had a mark right there. I haven't forgot where Brandon hit me with that cast. So once we come back, if they got, you know, if they have the tag titles or after we, if we get the tag titles, if they get in the way, bring, bring it on. That is that is one that I, I look forward to. You, you, you got me. You got me once. You ain't gonna get me again. And I'm I'm ready for you. I got you this time. So and payback is you know you know what. So I'll leave it at that. So I got this uh, Jack Prater. Um, you sh- you're pretty familiar with him. Oh, Jake Prater. Yes, I. Yeah, he get, Jake Prater. He gave me a. He sent me this statement. He said I could quote him with this. And I thought it's pretty cool. So. McDarby, one of the best heels around the area and also one of the most helpful and insightful vets around the area. His advice has helped tremendously. He's all about, he's an all around class act and more people should seek him for advice when they can. I mean, man, damn, that's pretty that's, impressive. That's pretty impressive, man. Yeah, pre- pre- very impressive, very humbling. Thank you, Jake. I true, I, that's truly, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. So, can you talk about this training? Um, so your partner, you and your partner, Sean Soto, used to own your own promotion. <coughs> you talk about your own promotion that you used to own? I, yeah, I used to do, this is a long time ago, but I used to do uh, uh, do some booking and and did a promotion, um, uh, MECW uh, in um, uh, Wood River, Illinois, Metro East Championship Wrestling. Okay. Handled a lot of booking there. Um, and what I did was out of respect to the St. Louis area and the talent, um, because I had gone on the road so much and I made so many, uh, connections and I made so many contacts, 
uh, I somebody said to me, well, why don't you book your own thing, which sounds good on paper. In execution, it's a little difficult, but I uh, I called in my contacts and, and favors and stuff like that. And uh, anybody that was in Chicago, Iowa, jeez, uh, where else did I pull from? Uh, Detroit. Uh, all those guys and all those in, in those areas and, and others, I'm sure. Um, I, I pulled in talent that you couldn't see here in St. Louis and out of respect to the territory. Uh, I almost said territory, but it, it is a territory. But out of respect to the area and the territory, I pulled talent from all these different locations. And I started booking shows. And I try to do it on the far end of the spectrum of what the St. Louis area is. And I... I enjoyed the process of uh, booking. I, I love that process, what I believe they call the creative now process. I, I enjoy that. Uh, I, I like helping guys and figuring things out and trying things and, and booking stuff. Uh, promoting is not my thing. I did not enjoy that. I hated every minute of it because it is 24-7 grind. And the amount of time, which I want to say, I'm just going to throw out a number. I want to say like seven years, six years, seven years. The whole time I did it, I did not have one day off. So. Pete Rosen says, SICW is waiting for your big return, a true professional in every sense of the word. See what <laughs> I did there. <laughs> there I appreciate that, Locke. There you appreciate go. So I'm going to name drop. Okay. Tell me what you think of Curtis Wildy. <laughs> Curtis Wilde? Kurt, now, Curtis, him and I, we, and we, we don't get along in the ring. But the one thing I had to hand to Curtis, he is, I'm going to abbreviate this because keep it clean. He's one tough SOB. I, in a, we were wrestling a match. <coughs> Live tape for TV. And I hit him so hard that I knocked his tooth out, and it stuck right there. He did. He didn't flinch. He didn't bat an eye. He didn't. He just came back after me. That is. That is one. I, I have to hand. That is one tough individual. I, I hit him with everything I had, and I knocked that tooth out. I thought that was going to be the thing that. Got you know, got me the W. He got mad and he came right back after me, and that that became that was that was a fight. Like we wound up like we were fighting, and it wound up tumbling over the top, and him and I, you know, fighting and to the back. So the match got thrown out. But that Curtis Wild, the for toughness, I have I have to give him I have to give him his props. I don't have to like him, but I got to respect his toughness. That's that's one person you don't want to underestimate. So Pete wants to go, what do you think about Lucky P. Larson, Esquire, manager of the stars? Boss is one of the best people I know. Keeps us paid and in the shade. What can I say? He's always got a plan. He knows, and we're all on the same page. If plan A don't work, we got a plan B. If plan B don't work, we got plan C. If plan C don't work, he's got the briefcase. It's all going to get taken care of. Don't worry about it. All right. Sounds like Espinosa and his goons, right? Hey, I got a last back for Stephen E. Stephen E. That's that is he is that's with minus Lucky P. Larson Esquire. I gotta if we don't put him in the mix, 
you know, Stevie, he's, that's a, that's a formidable manager. That's if I didn't have, if I didn't have lucky P Larson on my side, my next choice would be Stephen E. That's that dude. He, and he's been around, he knows his stuff. He's, he, he's been through, through it all. He's been, I think he's even, you know, he's crossed paths with Skandar Akbar. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he was on last week, man. We had a lot of fun with his interview. So yes, Steve, Stephen E. That's, that's a great guy. Even though it's even though Attila lost in the cage this last week, so I mean I don't want to rub salt words in the wounds of uh, if he's still watching, but so hey, hey, you can you can win a war doesn't mean you won the battle. That's right. So oh. there there's a match on February 9th between the Top Guns and LA Hustlers. Uh, you have your eyes on that one? Paying close attention to that? Oh, of course. Tag titles are involved. You always keep an eye on that. There you go. Um, so. You touched briefly how how important the fans are to you, and I and I appreciate that. So, is there any funny moments that you had with a fan ringside? Funny moment, new, no. uh, but there was a couple of times we had to move quickly to get to the locker room. Okay. Yeah, I can't. I. I, That's I all right. Yeah, I can't say funny, but but serious, yeah. And I want to come to the close with I thought this is pretty cool, and then um I have a few questions to close the show, but I want to say take this. Big Texan says this about you: When I came back to wrestling via Bobby D. Mahler, Mahler was one of the wrestlers, one of the wrestlers that helped me help finish my training and start Bobby's. I can say enough. I can't say enough good things about him, even though he has chosen the dark side when it comes to wrestling. His last match, Gary Jackson, and I took the SICW straps away from him and his partner. What is your response to the words that Big Texan just said? Thank you. Uh, I can't. I, that's very. I, you know, I, I keep using the word humbling, but that's. I I, I truly appreciate it, uh, Texan. Um. The fact that, that he, he feels that I had made an impact on him like that, I, I truly appreciate it. He, he would have been, in my opinion, he would have been just fine without whatever advice I gave him or helping him out. Um, I, I, I can't say thank you enough, uh, but I, he's one of those um, – Big Texans, one of, he's a special person. He, he's one of those people that I think he would have been just fine – you know, without me, but that's very, that's very kind and very humbling. And I, and I can't say thank you enough. Yeah. I, I, I've learned this um, through the last five years since I've been covering SICW. You guys are very, very close knit group. You love that. You love each other. You hate each other. You put on a great show. you you are surrounded by legends. Uh, I hear about the X, CAC, I hear about the Fans Fest, I hear about Bruiser Brody's Battle Royal, and I just, you guys put on such great stuff, and you got to be part of that is just um, awesome, and I, I call SICW family, you guys are great people, um, so tell us where Marlon McDarby is going in the future, Do you are you going to stay just at SICW, do you see you, you going out somewhere else? What's the big goal? Uh, I right when when the time's right and my um, 
uh, tag partner and I when we were when we come back. Um, obviously, we have more matches behind us than we do in front of us. Um, so um, this next run is in all transparency is potentially probably we're going to treat it like it's the last one. I'll put it that way because it could potentially be the last one. Um, we have some bucket list items that we want to, we want to check off. Um, and if, is it okay if I share, I'll, I'll can I share yeah, one? Of the absolutely. List? Please. Um, the, one of the big things that, um, Sean and I want to do, and, and we don't care where it's at. If it, if it's at a spot show, we don't care if it's a, you know, SIC, one of the biggest SICW's biggest shows doesn't matter. But before we're done, one of our big things is we want to have a six man tag, a telecon and the professionals versus whoever. Um, uh, the, to get another run and shot at the SICW tag titles would be great to do a six man tag with Kowalski and the professionals against whoever it doesn't matter and then beyond that um my family is a very top priority for me now because um i've been doing this so long and obviously there's more time behind me than ahead of me and i don't want to miss out on things uh but my as long as it does not interfere with my with our sicw bookings um our calendar is open uh, we'd like to go up to Detroit one more time and do something. We'd like to go out to 3XW in Iowa and do something over there. Um, there, we'd like to go to Oregon and uh, and it's Lima or Lima, Ohio. We uh, for Tom, we we did that once before. We'd like to do it again. Um, so our, you know, before this is over, we have some things we want to do, and our our calendar's open as long as it doesn't interfere with SICW because that's our main priority. That's our, that's our home base. That's our home territory. Um, so um, that's, and also I should, I should, I shouldn't leave out Chicago. If we can go do Chicago again one more time, that'd be great right. too. Awesome. 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 Man, it's been a pleasure, my guy, um, talking to you and hear your stories and hearing the history behind you and what knowledge you have. Great knowledge. Um, I am so excited to, Hopefully meet you guys sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank Herb Simmons for allowing me or giving me permission or opening the gates of all his talent to me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been, I, I go away so full of like, oh my God, stuff that it's stuff that I didn't even, even know about, you know, and I'm just, it's, you guys are amazing people. I'm thankful that I'm part of that. I'm thankful you guys are you like it. You like the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Um, so I'll let you close the show. If there anybody needs to be, if there fire sh shots need to be fired, tell everybody where they can find you, your social media. Close the show. I'll play some the lock, the closeout music, and don't go anywhere. I will, I want to chat with you real quick. Okay. Um, hey, whoever's the anybody should be watching. Anybody's got the SICW tag team titles. Like I said, keep looking over your shoulder because we don't care who it is. We're coming for them. Um, as far as social goes, you can find me on Facebook, Mauler McDarby, and that'll link it to my Instagram and my Twitter. Um, please, anybody that, that sees the, you know, Mauler McDarby, um, uh, any, uh, uh, follow or friend request, whatever. Um, it always helps. So I appreciate that. Um, and you know, 
any fans that want to contact me can contact me or wants to talk anybody wants to talk wrestling and talk wrestling. Um, and I, I appreciate your time having me on here. Uh, you know, being given the recommendation to, from Herb Simmons for you to reach out to me, huge honor and pleasure. Uh, anytime you want to, you know, I, I'm cool with, you know, don't get me wrong. I love talking about me, you know, I, I, you know, that's cool. But if you ever want me, you want to come back on and, and just talk, you know, old school wrestling, uh, any, any particular, you know, genre or match or person, I'm always down to chit chat. I love talking about old wrestling. So that's, right. that's where I'm at. All right. There's huge pop wrestling fans. Um, we will get him back on. We will talk about another day on old school wrestling and history of wrestling. Um, that sounds like a fun time. I, I, I would love, I, but I guess before I leave, were you an NWO fan? NWO? Yeah. N- uh, no. Okay. But no, but I, I, you know, I can talk about it, but no. Okay. Well, that's one of my favorite things. I love Sting. Sting's my favorite guy. Um, I I hate the fact that they're teasing his last match might be against the Young Bucks with Darby with uh, yeah, Darby Allen. I don't want that. I think that's not a good choice. But it is what it is. Um, so, but thank you again, Mr. McDarby, for being on the show. I love you guys. Uh, H Huge Pop Wrestling. We are out. Thank you. All my dogs, make some noise up in this house. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know what's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Because when your body hits the canvas, then you have to knock out. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know what's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Because when your body hits the canvas, then you have to knock out. Fight with Adrian Whisper is like a fight with the devil. Because when he's dealing with you, you cannot get on this level. Fight with Adrian Whisper's like a fight with a king. It's like a fight with an army, they got the tanks and everything He's leaving bruises and stitches, possibly leaving you crippled Cause when he sets up the table and sends you straight through the middle Take the district free, beat that ass with a light bulb Leave a piece of glass embedded in the back of your skull who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your ass is knocked out. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause